Turn with me over to the book of Psalms and Psalm 103 as you're making your way there. And uh, we're studying the nature of our God, who He is and what He's like. And, uh, and we're on a, a new attribute today about who God is and what He's like. One that's really critical for the way we live each and every day. And so as you're turning to Psalm 103 in a moment, we'll stand in honor of God's Word. But before we do that, I just want to ask you a quick question this morning. Has it ever been the case that you found yourself talking to yourself? Now, why are you laughing? <laughs> I mean, is it wise to do that? Is that a spiritual exercise we should, we should be about? I mean, talking to ourselves? Or is it a sign that we've lost our mind? Well, you know, anyone who believes in God, they say they've lost their mind. Uh, well, I've lost my mind for Christ. Amen. You know, athletes, they, they talk to themselves all the time. Now, you watch these playoffs and uh, the, the basketball player toes the line in the final seconds of the game. And he's got to hit both free throws and he's talking to himself, reminding himself, you're going to make this, you're going to make this, you're going to make this. I, I know batters sometimes and, and baseball players, when they step into that batter's box and it's the ninth inning and it's a three and two count and they know they've got to hit one over the wall to win the game, they talk to themselves what pitch they think the pitcher's going to throw at them and how they're going to jack it over the fence. Some of y'all that play that little game with that little white ball in those pretty green fields, um, you know when you line up that putt, I know you're talking to yourself. If you don't make it, I know you talk to yourself after when you miss it, right? We, we do that all the time. When I was an athlete, I was a, a mighty wrestler, all 91 pounds of me. And uh, you can just see it in your mind, I know. And... Uh, but I, before I went out on that mat, I was psyching myself up and I was speaking to myself and reminding myself how that guy on the other side had said something about my mama. And I was going to grab him by the head and I was going to throw him on the ground in a headlock or I was going to hip toss him and put him on his back and have him count the stars. Or actually count the lights up in the, in the ceiling. That's what we do. Now I want to tell you, you need to talk to yourself because you're a wrestler too. But our Wrestling is with temptation and sin and this world and all that the devil wants to throw at us. And, and, and there's times when we frankly need to be talking to ourselves and reminding ourselves of who God is and what he's like. Our God is a merciful God. And I need to be reminded of that. And I'll tell you who doesn't want me to be reminded of that. That's the devil. God does not want you to realize God's mercies are new every morning. And yet that's what the Word of God tells us. Over in Jeremiah, Jeremiah would tell us every day, I mean, he's weeping for a nation that needs to experience the mercy of God, that won't repent and turn to God, and yet the mercies of God are new every morning. In this psalm, David is going to sing about the mercy of God. He's going to celebrate it. You should be singing about it. I should be singing about it, celebrating it each and every day. And we must do that. David's going to be speaking to himself, reminding himself. You see, if the devil can get you to forget God is merciful, he'll keep you enslaved to your sin. If he, if he can get you to forget that God has shown you mercy at the cross of Christ, then he'll get you to be defeated and disappointed. And you, your failures then will be something that, that, that haunt you. And it doesn't have to be that way with our God. He is a merciful God. And he wants you to succeed in life. He doesn't want you to fail. And yet what's amazing is that because of his mercies, we're reminded 
because we stumble and fall short of God's glory each and every day. We need his mercy each and every day. Everything that you are this morning, everything that I am, is possible just because God has been merciful to us. He's been merciful toward us. He's been gracious toward us. And when we meditate on God's word, we are reminding ourselves and telling ourselves, remember who he is and what he's like. David is, is going to do that here. And, 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 and the amazing thing is, I need to know that because God hasn't changed. He's unchanging. And what thoughts I entertain in my mind when I think about God have great impact on my daily living for him. I mean, we're running the race. Our eyes are fixed on him, the author and perfecter of our faith. And I need to know as I run that race that there's going to be times when I stumble, when I fall. And what I do at that moment, what I think about God is going to impact how I get up and whether I keep running or not. Some people throw in the towel. Some people forget who God is. They think he's just harsh and hard. And they fail to remember, no, he is merciful. We'll talk about his wrath next week because he is that as well. But mercy triumphs over judgment. It even triumphs through judgment. You see, what does mercy mean? What does God's mercy to you mean this morning? God's merciful to us as he shares his compassion, his kindness, and his pity towards us sinners. He shows us mercy by not punishing us as we deserve, but instead giving us salvation and blessings through Jesus Christ. It basically means, listen, what we deserve in punishment, he doesn't punish us. In fact, oftentimes he blesses us, but that doesn't mean that, listen, there's not consequences for our sin. Mercy is him withholding the just condemnation that our sin deserves. And he's given many illustrations in the Old Testament and fully at, demonstrates it at the cross of Christ where we don't get what we deserve as sinners for our sin because Christ takes it for us in our place. The grace of God reminds us, you know what? We get all of those blessings at Christ's expense. And God gives us what we don't deserve. Mercy reminds us, you know what? We don't get what we do deserve. And we're those who bear the consequences of our sins. We bear the consequences of our pitiable condition. And yet there's one who offers us divine help and compassion. Praise God, he's a compassionate God this morning. You see, he understands who we are and our frame. He, he reminds us that we need him and we desperately should look to him. In fact, what's fascinating is whenever Paul was writing letters to the New Testament churches, he also often introduced himself and, and he would have a greeting and he would say, Grace and mercy be to you. Grace and mercy be multiplied to you, Peter would say, right? And I don't know about you entering this morning at the door. Did you embrace everybody with a welcome saying grace and, and mercy to you this morning? No, we don't do that. But let's be honest. We need it. We need grace and mercy. In fact, you know what Micah the prophet would tell us? Mercy is critical in the life of a believer. God says it's good for us and required of us to do three things. To do justly. That means do the right thing. To love mercy. That means when someone does the wrong thing to you, how do you respond? Your spouse, your children, your parents, your coworker? Do you love to show mercy? Well, not, 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 well, begrudgingly, yes, I'll forgive them. No, no, no. Do you love to do it? You know why? Because you better walk humbly. Micah says, we're all going to stumble and fall short. We're all going to be needing that mercy at some time in our life. 
it's good to practice sharing it with one another. Do the right thing as much as you can, though. Amen. But when you stumble and fall short or someone else does, love mercy because we're going to need it. So walk humbly. You see, God said that's good for us. That's required of us, man. That radically changes our relationships. If you and I truly understand God's mercy today and how much he has mercied us that we didn't deserve, wow, who am I that he would take thought of me and that he would show me mercy? That changes the way I look at people around me and my relationships with others around me because I've been forgiven much and I've been mercied much. How much more should I be mercying others? You see, that's why it's critical to know who God is and what he's like. And as he is, as we worship him, we become like the object we worship, as we discovered in the Psalms. So let's become like him today. Let's discover God is a God of mercy. And let's learn to love mercy and experience it and share it with one another. And David gives us many, many reasons why here in Psalm 103. So stand with me and honor the word of the Lord. Let's let God's word speak to us. God, show us who you are today as we read your word. So we'll know who we are as we look in the mirror of your word. Listen to what David says. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. What kind of benefits? Well, who forgives all your iniquities, who heals all your diseases, who redeems your life from destruction, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things, so that the, your youth is renewed like the eagles. Father in heaven, renew us today. Renew our hearts, renew our minds. God, help us to take every thought captive to these truths today in your word. God, may we realize, recognize, and surrender to the fact that you are a God of mercy. God, may we see how that mercy can change the way we Relate not only to you, but to those made in your image. Our spouse, our children, our parents, our friends, our co-workers. Lord, may we realize mercy can triumph over judgment. And God, may we want to experience that today with one another. And most importantly, with you. Jesus, we recognize you're the one who makes it possible because of what you did for us at Calvary. So, Lord, may we experience that mercy, I pray today, in Jesus' name and for his sake. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. David has a little spell here at the beginning and at the end. If you look at the first two verses and the last three, you see three times he'll say this. Bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And then at the end, as he says in verse 20 and 21 and 22, I, I circled that word, bless, bless, bless. And then all the way down to the last blessing there at the very, at the conclusion of the song that he sings, the blessing of God, blessing God for all of the mercies that he has spilled into our lives. David's just praising God, celebrating him. And, and it's mercy that does that because you realize you're not getting what you deserve and actually getting so much more. Frankly, we need to acknowledge more frequently just how God has benefited us and blessed us. You know, David reminds us that there's some benefits that come to us because God has been merciful to us. 
And you realize those benefits, those blessings for him should be cause for us to bless his name, to bless who he is, to bless him for his actions, the, the tender mercies that we receive every day, the mercy that he shows us in, in forgiving our sins. And you realize there's so much to celebrate and so much to sing as we bless this God of mercy. When you and I rise up in the morning, it's, a, it's the mercy of God. It's by his mercies that we're going to be able to offer ourselves as living sacrifices in worshiping him throughout the day. And we should be celebrating that. Now, David details, though, these blessings of mercy that come from God. How his mercy blesses us in verses 3 down through 5. I mean, I underline them in my Bible because he says, don't forget this. Now, how do you not forget something? You remind yourself of that. You, you tell yourself that, right? Some of y'all program your phones at certain times of the day to send you a message telling you, don't forget, right? Come on, nod your head. Especially when your sweetheart says, honey, don't forget, right? You put that list in your phone so it speaks to you and you remind yourself. Well, we need to remind ourselves of the benefits of God's mercy. How has God mercied you? How has God mercy made? Well, he's mercied us in so many ways. Don't forget all of them, the whole sum of them. All of them in a complete package. The first one, the most important one is this. He's forgiven us. Amen. He's forgiven us of our sin. I need to know that today. I need to be reminded of that. It all starts right there. You see, mercy presupposes sin. I need mercy because not only of what I've done, I have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, but I am a sinner. In my nature, in my essence, uh, we're born in this way because of the sin of Adam and Eve. All of us are going to stumble and fall short of the glory of God. Not just it happens one time. Beloved, I fall short frequently. How about you? Amen. That's why the mercies are new every morning. I need them. You need them. Until we are glorified and all of this, this, this body of sin is put away. It's coming a day when that will happen. But until then, I am going to be dependent upon God's mercy each and every day. Now, his forgiveness of my sin and that mercy that I experience, that's not a license to keep sinning. Oh, to the contrary, it's because I realize he doesn't give me what I deserve that I realize my life should be transformed. And, and, and because of his mercies that are new every morning, I don't want to live this way. I want to live in a different way because God has forgiven me. Not only does he forgive us, notice this, I, I circled this word in that sentence, all. Praise God, all of our sins have been forgiven. Not just some of our sins, not most of our sins, not 99.9% .9 of our sins, all of them. And that's critical, you know why? Because the wages of sin is death. It doesn't matter what size of the sin, it doesn't matter how long I've been sinning in that way. You know what's amazing? Each sin, he doesn't discriminate, God does not discriminate, male and female, listen, doesn't matter what ethnicity you are, doesn't matter how old you are, listen, every sin deserves the same penalty, it's death. And yet all of them can be forgiven. Woo a clean slate, who wouldn't want to have that? And this is what the mercy of God affords us and allows us and benefits us, that God can forgive us of all our sin. How is that possible? Well, you see, the eternal God, Jesus, offered a sacrifice at one time on a cross. And in that moment, he cried out to telestai, which in the Greek is a perfect tense, which means it is finished and shall always be finished. 
Nothing else is needed in his sacrifice. Once for all time, Paul writes in Hebrews, Jesus laid down the perfect sacrifice to pay the penalty for our sins. Praise God this morning. We've been forgiven. Not just that, God heals us of all our diseases. Now you look at that and you think, well, this must be our physical need of healing. But, but is there something more to it? Well, stop and think for a moment. Uh, yes, God does have the ability to heal us physically of our diseases. But let's be true and honest to the word today. You know, every sickness is in some way the consequence of sin. You see, sometimes when we sin, our body is affected by our decisions, right? There are sins that affect our bodies. But do you realize all of the diseases that are in the world are the consequence of Adam's sin in the garden? That sin, natural evil, infected and affected all of the created order. That's why creation groans in Romans 8 to be set free. To be free from this sin that has affected and infected everything. And the beautiful thing here is David writes about this and he knew all too well how he needed to be healed physically and spiritually. When David sinned against God with the sin of Bathsheba, and stop and think for a moment, that was a man after God's own heart. So always be on guard. Don't think you've ever arrived. Our hearts can take us there. Our heart is exceedingly wicked, Jeremiah would tell us. Who can know it? God and only God. But David writes, and in that psalm, Psalm 32, Psalm 51, when he wrote his confession to God, and he cried out, and he cried out for God's forgiveness and God's mercy, and he talked about how blessing, how blessed it is to be forgiven and not have that transgression counted against you and, and for it to be washed away, as with hyssop. He, he writes and he says, when I was silent about my sin, my body wasted away. It, it was as the fever heat of summer. It was, it was like these dog days of summer that come. And you're parched and you're dried out and you're crying. I just need a drop of water. David says, that's how my soul was and my body was. Because I was unwilling to confess my sin and be forgiven. You see... We, we need to be healed spiritually and, and, and physically. And I believe that's why it's a beautiful picture for us over in Isaiah 53. When it says of Jesus, the suffering servant who would come, that it would be by his stripes we would be healed. Because we need healing. And praise God, God mercifully does it. He, he forgives us our sin. He heals us of our sin and the consequences of it. He, he redeems us of our sin. He delivers us. He redeems our life from destruction. The period, picture here is the penalty that our sin deserved. And the power that sin brings is the, the, the death, the sting of death comes from sin. St death is a consequence that we face. And yet God mercifully saves us from receiving what we deserve. In that fact, for the believer, you say, well, people die all the time. That's right, it's a consequence of sin. But here's the amazing thing. When our faith rests in Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, for the believer, death is not something that we fear. Death becomes the doorway into the presence of God. And so we realize that the eternal destruction that our sin deserved, we don't have to face. Praise God this morning. Look at how he's blessed us, all these benefits. And if that's not enough, now he crowns us. He crowns us with loving kindness and tender mercies. 
Now that word loving kindness is the picture of God's mercy towards us, his hesed, his covenant love that he crowns on us. In other words, listen, this is important to know. When I've sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that you and I are crowned with the loving kindness, the mercy of God. Listen, that you're his always and we're always, we're his and he's ours. And that's possible for us as covenant people now because of what we celebrate at this table that Jesus has cut a covenant in his blood, a new covenant. And because of that sacrifice, we become the people of God and God crowns us with that love. And what can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus? Anything? No, nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus, as Paul tells us in Romans chapter 8. And on top of that, we get his tender mercies, his compassion that he spills into our life. And he lavishes upon us those tender mercies that I need each and every day. Wow, what an amazing God. Not just I'm mercy and saved from the sin, forgiven of my sin, uh, set free from the power of my sin so it doesn't have to have rule and reign in my life anymore. But God covers us with an everlasting love. And then finally, he says, he satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. I mean, the picture is this. Listen, mercy takes us somewhere beyond sin. So no longer do I have to look to sin or the temptations that I thought once satisfied me but never did. No longer do those things satisfy me. Mercy does. I'm free from those sinful lusts and those appetites that once controlled me. I, I no longer have to be given into that taskmaster of sin. I've been set free from that. You've been set free from that. And now because of God's goodness and grace that he showers and lavishes upon us as objects of his divine mercy, now we can be free from it and we can find satisfaction in him. And that's what he wants. And it's all of these benefits that, that renews us today and reminds us just how awesome our God is. The, that holy God would think of you and me. And because he did the right thing at Calvary and Jesus offered the right sacrifice and met the requirements of God, dying in our place, God can extend to us, as we learned last week, his grace and his mercy. And all of that is an expression of his love. And that's not just the benefits. There, there's a track record that God has. He's demonstrated this time and again. And David remembers how God's mercy has blessed others. In verses 6 through 10, he, he goes back and he has a little history lesson. He goes back and David talks to himself and he starts looking. He says, the Lord executes righteousness and justice for all who are oppressed. He made known his ways to Moses, his acts to the children of Israel. You go back and you flip into your Old Testament. And, and as you read through there, you see time and again, especially Moses and the people in the wilderness, right? How many times did they sin and grumble and complain against God? And yet time and again, as you read there, God showed mercy. He showed mercy to them. In fact, write this in the margin of your Bible right here. Exodus chapter 37. Exodus Chapter 34, rather. Exodus chapter 34. Because when he speaks here in verses 8 and 9, he pulls a, a description of God that God said, this is who I am. The revelation of God that Moses had on Mount Sinai. And even Exodus 34, being there in the Bible, is a history lesson for us that God is merciful. 
Because the first time Moses went up on that mountain, over in Matthew 19 and 20, when he went, I'm sorry, in Exodus 19 and 20, when he went up on that mountain, Moses there received the Ten Commandments of God. But when he came down from the mountain, what had happened? God's people had already begun violating the, the first commandments, and they had begun worshiping another god, a golden calf, an idol of their own hands. And as the mountain quaked and, and lightning was falling, the people should have been destroyed. And, and, and Moses threw down the, the commandments, and, and, and yet God had mercy. It's amazing when you stop and think about it. He brought Moses back up on the mountain the second time. And that's what's amazing in, here in Exodus chapter 34. And, and again, it's a reminder God was merciful to his people. But when he spoke to Moses, and Moses wanted to see him, he said, listen, you can't see me. I'm going to hide you in the cleft of the rock, and I'll pass by. And it was there that the, the Lord descended, it says in Exodus 34, verse 5, in a cloud, and stood with Moses there, and he proclaimed the name of the Lord. God proclaimed his own name. God said, this is who I am. This is what I'm like. And it's what Moses uh, reminds or tells us and records for us that later David would write about and the, and the prophets would write about in a celebration of this. And it's something you and I need to consider and stop and think about God's mercy that's patient and pardons us and, and, and is a blessing to us. And this is what he said, the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth, Keeping mercy for the thousands, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. Not clearing the guilty, by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. The Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering, meaning patient, abounding, overflowing with goodness and truth, keeping his mercy for thousands and forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin. You see, David is saying this over and over again. I'm sure he's one who meditated on Torah. I mean, that's what he did. That's what a wise man does according to Psalm 1. He meditates on the word of God. You, you remind yourself who is God and what is he like. What has God said about himself? Well, God has said this, the Lord is merciful and gracious. The Lord is slow to anger. That means long-suffering. And he abounds in mercy. That's right there from what God said of himself in the, in the book of Exodus on the mountain. Now stop and think about that. Why do I need to say that to myself? Why do I need to remind myself who God is and what he's like? Why do I need to remind myself I need mercy, I need grace? Why do I need to remind myself he's long-suffering? You know, Paul would tell us over in the book of Romans that God is patient towards us. He is he's forbearing. He, he, he's good to us. Why? why? Why is God good to us? Why does God hold back his judgment? Why is God patiently waiting and not just bringing the hammer right down when we sin and fall short of the glory of God? Why? Paul says, so that we'll repent. That's what God always wants when God shows mercy, when he's patient with us, when he's long-suffering with us. And I need to be reminded of that. And, and that's not a license for me to keep on sinning. It's a reminder. I need to do business with God and get right. 
I need to experience that grace and mercy. I want him to abound in goodness towards me. I want him to abound in truth towards me. And praise God, he keeps that mercy for thousands of generations. That's a reminder of what he said the first time on the mountain. When he said, listen, I'll visit the iniquities of the fathers to the third and fourth generation. But to those who love me, I'll have mercy, hesed, to the thousands. You see, listen, when there's a decision in your life, sin stops with me in my generation. The generational sins that get passed down from fathers to to grandfathers to fathers to sons, it doesn't have to continue. There's a choice. You see, with sin, it can peter out after three or four generations. And the way it happens is God's mercy and grace that changes a life. And those that love God and fear Him, that, that, that funnel is inverted and it's changed and it starts with one. And then God has His mercy to thousands of generations. Who wouldn't want their family to experience that? Listen, men, listen. The problems in our home are not our wife nor our children. It's us. We are responsible for the things that happen in our home. And we need to own it. And we need to make some hard decisions at times and say, God, have mercy on me. God, have mercy on my home. God, I want your mercy. And when you and I own it and take responsibility, amazing things can happen in our homes as we take responsibility for what's happening under our roof. You and I lead our homes. And if there's ever a day in which the church needs to realize that and the men of the church, God-fearing men need to realize that, it's today. And own it. And the amazing thing is God has got abundant mercy that he wants to lavish upon us, just spill into our lives, pour into our lives, and and, and it it abounds. I mean, and he's going to keep his faithfulness, his mercy to thousands of generations, which is great for me to know that when I wake up in the morning and I experience God's mercy, I can teach my sons and my grandsons to thousands. God ain't changed. He's the same. He is a merciful God, run to him, not away from him. He is a merciful God and has made a provision to forgive iniquity and transgression and sin. And I need to say that to myself over and over again. And I need to be reminded of the nature of my God. And I need to remind of what kind of God he is. You see, what you and I think about God, it's going to greatly impact the daily decisions that we make and how we live. Now, now, grace doesn't abound. His mercy and grace doesn't abound that we can continue in sin, Paul would say in Romans. No, may that never be the case. And you really, when we really understand just how God has mercied us, we don't want to run back to that anymore. I've been satisfied with all of his benefits. Why would I want to run back to what once enslaved me? I've been set free. And that's the history lesson that David has. It's a history lesson which teaches us not just about God's people who needed to experience mercy, but about the God who is merciful and shares mercy and shows that mercy. Look at what he says in verse 9. He has not always, he will not always strive with us, nor will he keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us according to our sins, nor punished us according to our iniquities. Wow, he's been good. We didn't deserve it. We can't earn it. He just mercies us. In fact, what's amazing is 
When you stop and consider how great his mercy is and how long it endures. In verse 11 and verse 17, again, he'll highlight the mercy. And he says, listen, as the heavens are high above the earth, so great is God's mercy toward those who fear him. How far up is heaven? We don't have a clue, do we? I mean, you and I can't even, can't even comprehend how far away that is. It's infinitely far away. And yet his mercy is that infinitely great. Which is great to know that he can pour that into my life. And when he does, what does he do? He casts our sin as far as the east is from the west. He removes our transgressions from us. You see, here's the thing. If you don't think you need God's mercy today, you'll come into worship and you'll think you're somebody. That you got something to show God. And you'll be like Luke would tell us over there uh, when Jesus told us the parable about the, 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 the Pharisee and the tax collector who went up to worship. And, and one went up and he said, hey God, aren't you glad I'm here today? I pray, I give, I do all these things and I am not like that tax collector over there. And that self-righteousness is filthy before Almighty God. But it was the tax collector who couldn't even lift his head because he realized his deplorable condition. And all he did, Luke tells us, is he just beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me. God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner. You see, when you realize that, you have a full understanding of the holy God we worship and who we are before him. And there's when truth meets mercy. That's when we're true about who God is and who we are and how desperately we need His mercy. And you realize what He does is He takes your sin and He separates it as far as the east is from the west. Those two things never meet. Or as one says, He plums it, puts it in the depths of the ocean and He never plums it up again. Praise God. You see, a, a, the Father pities His children so as the Father does, the Lord pities those who... Fear him. He knows our frame. He remembers that we are but dust. Praise God he doesn't always strive with us. Praise God he doesn't keep his anger forever. Praise God he's mindful of what this stuff is because he put it on. Amen. Now he never sinned like we have. But the amazing thing is he put it on without sin. And he knows what it's like. And so when we come to a high priest, he can sympathize with us. He understands what we're going through. And yet... He's offered the sacrifice for us that's needed for our sin. Wow. And then, because of sin, man dies. David highlights that in verses 15 and 16. But then he talks about the mercy of God that never dies. The mercy of the Lord is from everlasting to everlasting. What is this eternal mercy that we experience? This is critical. This is we must understand this. God demonstrates his mercy to us and, and forgiving our sins and not giving us what we deserve. But here's the point. When he's in his, on his throne in heaven, which is established forever and ever, as verse 19 says, and it's over all things, here's the thing to remember. God will be on that throne and he will still be merciful from everlasting to everlasting. You know why that's important? I wonder if Adam's up there right now, right? You ever think God looks over? This is what this says to me. God never looks over to Adam and says, hey, you remember when we used to walk in the garden? Remember that time I told you not to eat from the tree? But you did anyways. And you went and hid and I had to call you? God never brings that up. Wow. 
God doesn't bring up, hey, hey, Moses, you remember when you killed that, that, that Egyptian that was being harsh? Well, I forgave you for that. God doesn't bring those things up. For everlasting to everlasting, he doesn't bring it up. This is why mercy is so important and mercy can radically change our lives each and every day. Because you see, you and I have a tendency to keep a record. It's hard to forget if we're honest. We can hold that easily over our spouse's head or over our children's head. Or even children, sometimes you hold it over your parents' head. You remember what you did to me? Yeah, I do. I need mercy. I need forgiveness. The amazing thing about God is, is he won't ever bring those things up from everlasting to everlasting. Now see, how does that change? You see, if you don't learn to practice mercy and sharing it, Jesus said, blessed are the merciful, they shall receive mercy. This is important. Listen, it's important to receive mercy and give it. Because if you're unwilling to give it, your heart will grow bitter and hard. And you'll be beyond experiencing that mercy until you're willing to give it. And so many in their relationships, because they're unwilling to say, I forgive you. It would radically change your home. But we harbor that, we hold on to it, and we carry it with us. We don't have to do that. Stop and think about who God is. Stop and think about what He has done for us and the mercy He has given to us. And from eternity to eternity, from everlasting to everlasting, to those who fear Him, that He's going to show mercy. Man, praise the Lord this morning. And I can live free. And He gives that to us. To our children's children, to such as keep the covenant, those that are under the blood. Praise the Lord this morning. David just has a spell. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Bless the Lord, all you his angels. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts. Bless the Lord, all his works. Everyone, everywhere. Bless the Lord. Why? Man, he's been merciful. He's been good to us and we do not deserve it. Is your soul blessed this morning? Be honest. Is your soul blessed this morning? Have you been mercied by God? Have you experienced that mercy today? I, I pray that maybe today, if you've never experienced the mercy of God, if there's never been a place, a time in your life where you've said, God, have mercy on me. I'm a sinner and I need a Savior. I hope today you realize Jesus died for you so you could experience that mercy. By repenting of your sin and placing your trust in His sacrifice, the Bible says you can be born again and things can be made new. And you can experience it. And if you never have, today's the day to do that. Just come take the hand of a pastor here in a moment. In a moment, we're going to bow our heads, and that's the invitation for you to just step up, slip up, and come and say, that's me, I need mercy. I need to be saved. Maybe there's some men who need to get on the altar and just say, listen, God, I need mercy for my home. I own it, Lord. I own what's going on in my home. And Lord, I need mercy in my life, and I know there's situations in our home that need mercy. And God, I want to experience it. I want to see things made new. Maybe it's the case that, you know what, Jesus is your Lord and Savior, but you're not attached to a local body of believers, and you realize today we need to plan our lives here at South River Baptist Church. Discover who God is and what He's like and what His plan is for our family and grow in the knowledge of God and see others experience God's grace and mercy. You know the amazing thing? If Jesus is your shepherd, do you know what's chasing you all the way to heaven? Nipping at your heels. God's goodness and mercy. Have you thanked him for that today? Maybe you need to get on the altar and do that.
Our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed. And this is the opportunity where if I've heard God speak, then I respond in faith. If I've heard God speak and the Spirit of God has convicted me and I realize there's something I need to do with this truth that I have heard today. Truth and mercy can meet and it can change your life if we'll be honest with ourselves. We cry out to God this morning. We don't stand and sing the final hymn. The pianist is going to play. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. We're being honest with God this morning. Have you experienced the mercy of God? When you entered into worship, did you think there was something good about you? Or did you realize there ain't nothing good about me? I need Jesus. And I'm trusting in Him. And I want Jesus to be my Savior.